I bring you greetings from Bishop Taylor and Canon McCarthy and the entire diocesan staff. We're here to help you in any way we can. And I'm particularly pleased to be with you all this morning, albeit virtually, uh, but I do promise next year to make an in-person appearance with all of you uh, as soon as we get through a little bit more of this pandemic time. So I wanna begin this sermon with a sage piece of advice that I recently read. Don't let your worries get the best of you. Remember, Moses started out as a basket case. Now, I know that that might seem a little silly, but I want you to think about it for a minute. Moses, he did, he really did start out as a basket case, but it was that bravery and forethought of a few that saved the life of Moses by putting him in that basket and sending him along the river. He was spared from the slaughter ordered by Pharaoh. Moses, reaching adulthood, saved the lives of thousands upon thousands of Israelites. And today, we heard about the end of the life of Moses. We heard that he never did make it to the promised land. Why? You might be scratching your head saying, what happened here? Well, it actually happened in Meribah a little bit earlier in the readings. Once again, the Israelites were complaining to Moses, there's no water. Did you bring us out here to die? Moses and Aaron went to the entrance of the tent of the meeting, fell on their faces, and the Lord appeared to them. The Lord told Moses to take the staff, to stand by the rock and command the staff to release its water. But what did Moses do? Well, although the text doesn't explicitly say it, you can imagine with all the people whining and complaining around him, he lost his temper at the people. And instead of doing what the Lord told him to do, which was to command the rock to release the water and thus show the Lord's strength, instead, he struck the rock twice and the water gushed out. Now, here it is, not what he was told to do. It was if God said after this, fine, I'll bring you to the edge to see the land I have promised you, but you're not gonna step on it. After all that work, all that Moses had gone through, he never made it over to the promised land himself. Joshua did, Moses didn't. And in today's reading, Joshua has been empowered to take over from Moses. We can read this passage and think that it was unfair. All that work, for what? The what is what is important to talk about today. The what is being faithful, even when times are tough or when we mess up or when we're challenged. Moses accepted the consequences of his actions. And instead of saying, forget it, I'm done, over. Moses continued on to do what he was called to do, not being pulled into the ego need to be right or the best or first. Moses was a faithful servant of God, unequaled, the text tells us, faithful to the last. There isn't one person on this Zoom live stream who hasn't messed up, felt hardship, or challenges in their lives. There was only one perfect person born into this world and he died on a cross. 
God is always there with us. That's the truth. Even when we don't feel necessarily deserving. What we are called to do is to learn from our mistakes, face the challenges that we're given, continue to be faithful as God continues to be faithful to and with us, even when we're navigating the sometimes very rocky waters of this life. Speaking of being faithful, we hear of faithfulness again in today's epistle. Paul addresses the members of the church in Thessalonica as brothers and sisters. They were favored by Paul because despite any problems or resistance around them, they stayed true, faithful to what they were called to do as followers of Christ. Paul commends them, but lets them know that he too had met with opposition and resistance but he hadn't, it hadn't stopped him from speaking the truth about God and Christ. He continued that teaching with them. Paul had suffered doing the work of God and Christ, but the community in Thessalonica made it all worthwhile. Being faithful does not mean you won't suffer. Being faithful does not mean you won't face hardship. Being faithful does mean that you're never alone in all that you come up against. God is with you. Moses understood that. So did Paul and the community of the Thessalonians. If we needed any proof of that, just look at our collective lives since March. The trifecta of a health pandemic, an economic pandemic, and a racial pandemic. Yet through all of this, the church, you all of St. Augustine's in Santa Monica as a community of faith, continue to come together not only to pray, but to meet the needs of people who are finding the Episcopal Church online. And by the way, your music is absolutely gorgeous, top draw. The trifecta of pandemics left those with little or no faith longing for some kind of anchor to hold on to you've given them an anchor. You know, we're learning that people are coming to us via our live streams, people whose lives were shaken and whose lives continue to be shaken and who don't know or didn't know where to turn to. The church, your church among many, has been there for them, for all of us, and it will continue to be there. Thank you. Why? What do we have to offer that's so special? What are, do you as St. Augustine's and Santa Monica have to offer that's so special? It's really quite simple. It's that little four letter word, love. In the gospel, we hear the question from the Pharisees to Jesus. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? In the gospel lessons we've heard over the last few weeks, the Pharisees have continually been after Jesus, asking him questions to try to trip him up. Didn't they know when to quit? Obviously not, because here they go again. And Jesus offers them that wonderful summary of the law. And actually, after this, they stopped asking questions according to the gospel in Luke. Notice his answer. Maybe this is what stopped them. 
It's our relationship with God, which is the summary of the first four commandments. It's longer than the summary of the last six commandments, actually. The last six commandments are summarized briefly. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Why is this? When we love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, when we set our hearts on God, when our relationship with God is our primary relationship in our lives, this relationship informs all our other relationships. When God is primary in our lives, we are being faithful, just as Moses, Paul, and the Thessalonians were faithful. When my son was younger, he came down the stairs one day and he said, to, he asked me, Ma, who do you love more, daddy or God? And I looked at him without hesitation and I said, well, God. He goes tearing up the stairs yelling, dad, dad, better get a lawyer. Ma loves God more than you. Now, you know, my husband had to explain to him, no son, that's a good thing. And it is a good thing. I want you to think about it. When we honor God, when we put God first in our lives, there is nothing, nothing that we can't face. We can and will find incredible strength and comfort in this relationship because we know we are never alone and that we are loved unconditionally. This is why in the summary of the law, Jesus says our relationship with God is the greatest and first commandment, for when it is right, our lives are enriched in the most profound way. At its heart, the summary of the law is all about love, and in love, there isn't anything we can't face, for a by by byproduct of this love is hope. When we make our relationship with God our primary relationship, when we live faithful lives? How can we not treat others with that same incredible love that God has shown us? How can we not treat our neighbors as ourselves? You know, a few years ago, I listened to an audiobook, The Wisdom of Jesus, by the Reverend Cynthia Bojol. I can never say her last name. Bojol, I think. She points out that a better way to understand love your neighbor as yourself is to say, love your neighbor as though when you look at your neighbor, you're actually seeing yourself. Friends in Christ, if we all did that, how different this world of ours would be, especially right now. How can we not be grateful for all that we have, no matter how great or small, even in these pandemic times? and I'd say especially in these pandemic times. Your church needs you now more than ever to share of your time, talent, and treasure as a response to the love you have been shown and given by God. Friends in Christ, we are called to spread the love, to treat others the way we wish to be treated, to treat others the way God treats us, to live grateful, faithful lives, sharing out of the abundance, no matter how great or small that God has given us so that those gifts of faith, hope, and charity can be increased in us. I began this sermon with that wonderful piece of sage advice, don't let your worries get the best of you. Remember, Moses started out as a basket case. 
when we let our worries get the best of us, we don't live faithful lives. In these pandemic days, we don't know what's going to happen next. It is such times as these that we're called to live our lives as Moses, Paul, and Jesus did. Remember how long it took Moses to get out of that desert? Now, I don't think we're going to have to wait that long to come out of the other side of this pandemic. Yet, holding on to our faith gives us the strength to meet whatever might come our way during these days ahead. Remembering that summary of the law, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Nothing else matters. For when we do this right, when we put our trust in God first, our worries will melt away. Our lives will be full. Moses might have started out as a basket case, but he didn't end his life as one. We have the same promise given to us. We just need to be faithful grateful and share out of our bounty and hang on to the hope, which is the fruit of faithfulness. When we do this, when we do this, we are truly, we are truly living a life of love. Amen.